Marcus Ellison. Making a movie is tough. There's dozens of moving parts from scripts and locations to costumes and equipment. And that's before you even line up your cast and start shooting the thing. And making a movie for a film competition like 72 Film Fest where you only have 72 hours to make a film brings up its own set of challenges. But it has its own set of inspirations as well. As there's nothing quite like going into a weekend with barely an idea and coming out on the other side with a full-fledged short film ready to share. Welcome to a brand new podcast, Tales from the 72, where we're going to pair up two different teams that have tackled the 72 Film Fest and just let them introduce themselves and talk it out about all the challenges, fun, and unique happenings that they've experienced throughout their years of making movies in a weekend. They'll be talking about their films as well, sometimes in detail. So if you want to get a refresher or watch any of the movies that you've missed, be sure to head on over to 72fest.com where there's a playlist of all their past entries. Now, let's introduce this week's teams. This week, we've got two more crowd favorites. One has been a staple of the fest, appearing in the final Friday night slot almost every year they've turned in a film. Nine of those movies being an animated movie about every 72 film fester's favorite hero. The other team has taken home one of just about every award 72 offers, including multiple audience choice awards. Both teams are part of the 10 year club, meaning they've participated as the same team name for 10 years or more. However, we've only celebrated one of these teams because we've been waiting patiently for the fest favorite hero to make his 10th appearance. It's possible that you've looked up Amaface's animated hero series, Dick Dangerous, but as of today, none of them have ever appeared online or even screened outside of their time in the 72 Film Fest. So while the world waits, crowded elevator, meet on my face. All right. So how you been, oh. buddy? I've been doing good. How about yourself? <laughs> it's been interesting. Yeah, obviously that's the same story for everybody. But yeah, yeah, I uh, I I got on here fully expecting you to uh, potentially have regrown the long hair again uh, through <laughs> pandemic and then full full dude love once more. I think it's like the opposite. Like when no one can get a haircut, I'm like, well, I'm pretty skilled at like trimming up my neckline and stuff. Well, I could probably do higher and higher, and you get crazier and crazier. So at some point, this was bald. So we're not going that low again, but. It's it might be approaching Fohawk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is okay. It's not the best yeah. I've done. It works. It works it's, for it's, you. It's falling out too, so we're gonna be bald eventually. So maybe I'll be like you and just have that big beard. I mean, it is okay, so it's starting to approach the Dick Dangerous look though. <laughs> the first Dick Dangerous for only one movie had the long hair, because at the time I had long hair. Yeah. And then I cut it, so then he cut it and it's kind of in the same swoop. Ever since. Is it just you? Is Dick Dangerous just like your your personal when you dream that is you? I, it was more of a joke, I guess. Like the whole point of it was to make something like as a tribute to like my friends and I. A lot of it was like kind of Xbox Live chatter. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if we were heroes, we'd be like this way and blah, blah, blah. So I just kind of threw in all my buddies and kind of our own goofy ways. So there's people in the movies that more or less resemble someone else in real life. Okay. So Dick Dangerous is easy to write about yourself, whether or not it's you or you playing a character. And then everyone else, you're just kind of like doing your version of them, making them laugh. Hopefully everybody seems to laugh. Yeah. So 
so far I think it's obviously yours. It's clearly resembling you every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the lightning lemurs. I remember that I started out as, as like the leader of a team and now it's just me. <laughs> yeah. My team all I died mean, in battle at some point in time in the past. Somewhere, there's somewhere doing their own little adventures. It, it, this has its own expanded universe. Yeah. Clearly. And everybody's <laughs> just doing their own thing. And eventually maybe they'll all come back together again. And you're, I remember you came to me and you were like, Oh, I'd love to be in your, your cartoon i'm like yeah okay we'll, we'll try something and then i'm thinking like what what do i have like as far as you know because i didn't meet you until film fest oh yeah but i have no history with you to like, kind of fall back on something you've done before so like well what do i got for characters that would be funny and of course i gave you the smallest yeah character in the movies which in itself is funny but i get to have but, the biggest voice it seems like yeah you were <laughs> is my favorite character <laughs> by far. And I'm not even kidding. Like anytime you talk, I'm like, oh. <laughs> like I got, like I'll, I'll be typing long speeches that I can't put in some of the movies just for you to say stuff. I'm like, all right, well, I can't make it that long, but I got to give you like, sometimes you're like the one liner, the sell a scene or the end of scene. So, so I'll save a lot of that for you specifically. So like, that's probably maybe probably my favorite character. Yeah. I play it back just to hear talk is you. I so. I love Adolphosaurus Rex. That like, <laughs> that's that's your brother's voice. Is that right? No, that's my friend Joe. Oh, it's Joe. Okay. Yeah, Joe's yeah. like a year younger than me. We went to high school together. My brother mainly plays Dragon Man. That's what it was. Your brother's kind of man. another character that's him, but he's only played him like once or twice, maybe. Got it. Dragon Man, it's just he came up with that character when he was like five you know drawn as well as a five-year-old could do and then like kind of th- as we grew up we just ran and we'd be like oh dragon man this dragon man that so then when i made dick dangerous 2 and i needed more heroes i'm like i'm gonna put him in that movie he's like no you won't <laughs> so then i did i'm like well he's gotta do the voice because this is little creation so yeah most of the voices are friends primarily like my brother's my only oh no my sister i finally did get my youngest sister in one of the movies but it was primarily my brother was the only family member and then Finally got my sister to play Dixie Dangerous. Nice. Like two movies ago. Or two <laughs> years ago. I guess it was one movie ago. But Which is strange. Do they call out brother and sister relationship there? Or is it is it allowed to be implied that they're a married couple? <laughs> no. Well, the whole gimmick to that movie was she's from a different universe. Got it. Okay. From the all-girl oh, universe. Right. The parallel one. I remember this now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, whether or not I expand on that. <laughs> you know, I, I got ideas. Just obviously, I do you watch? The, do you watch uh, uh, Adventure Time? Have you ever watched? No, that? I don't watch. I'm really lame when it comes to watching anything TV right now. Got it. Even like watching other shows or cartoons and stuff, I try not to because I don't want to inadvertently borrow ideas. I guess. Or, yeah. You know, I think a lot of what I watch is just random YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that's sad, but like, I make time for like a Mandalorian type of show here and there but yeah, I, had what I, a, I had a long conversation with a friend of mine the other day about uh about like youtube stuff and kind of how it fits in and youtube's kind of taken the place of standard tv for a lot of people uh, yeah like standard tv is like a commitment because it's no longer just like you can watch one episode of something you end up watching like an entire series so it's like a it's like a multi-night multi-week commitment to, to get in anything on on netflix or on some or on tv uh versus youtube you can watch one and done you know yeah. watch something on your bus ride and then 
not have to ever go watch it again if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Remember bus rides? Remember when that was a thing? <laughs> we used to like, I don't know, my best bus rides, for those of you that aren't familiar with DC, Maryland, Virginia history, we had a sniper mm-hmm. around 2002. I think it was 2002. That was just on the loose. It was a single sniper at the time, as far as we knew. And at that point, they were just, you, the sniper was just getting people at random places, including yeah. someone standing at a bus stop. So I'm standing at the bus stop a lot at that time, and you just see shady characters driving past you left or right. And then at that time, I was like, I wish I could drive. I wish I had a car. <laughs> but it was fun times. It, it drove upward mobility for a lot of people. <laughs> they were like, yeah. I need a promotion because I need to be able to buy a car and not deal with the sniper. <laughs> I only just recently finally bought a new car, so it's no more used cars, but even nice. then, I'm not really buying it. What did you get? Uh, 2020 Accord. Nice. I was about to say Civic, but I'm like, I don't have that. <laughs> I got the next one. So. But I like it. It's fun. You know it's what like, you have. <laughs> it's like it, it gives you, it's the only thing that makes it exciting to drive to work. I'm like, I could just drive my car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, during the pandemic, brought a Grand Cherokee. Um, oh, yeah. It's like the newest car I've ever owned, and, and it's the same thing. It's like I go out to it, and I'm like, hey, yay! <laughs> it's like it's one of those things uh, I've told uh, uh, a couple friends of mine. It's like every time I go out, I get a little giddy. So it was, yeah. I'm, I'm very, very happy with with uh, with that purchase. But so I just bought soap. But I want to go buy more soap so I can drive my car. <laughs> I have been to so many stores for no reason. <laughs> Just because it gets me out of my apartment. That's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> I easily easily feel trapped here. Um, so you're still in uh Frederick, right? No, I'm in um Gatesburg, Maryland. Okay. Depending on what part you're in, it's like half hour from Frederick. So still yeah. close enough. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was that was the, the cool thing about seventy two is that like people did kind of travel sometimes from all around. Like we were always making the trek up from DC. Yeah. Um, and by the time I moved, we had a couple other like friend groups that were making the trek up there to do it too each year, which uh, was kind of fun. Um, Cause there were people that I'm sure just didn't get to see each other any other time of the year. Even some of my friends that I've been friends with since school, the only time I see them is for film fest, you know, and I don't yeah. I live closer to them. Well, I mean, now people have moved a little further out, but I saw you just as much as I saw people that I probably could have seen every day if I tried harder. Or <laughs> right. if we all just tried harder and didn't have jobs and, wives and yeah. kids and stuff so yeah um did you do 72 of us before dick dangerous or was that your first year no i did my first year ever was 2008 so here's a little backstory yeah so my friend joe adolphosaurus rex mm-hmm. he did it in 2007 and i hadn't even heard of it until he was like hey guys want to come out on friday and watch my movie we're like what are you talking about what because we didn't know he was making a movie and then we go yeah. you know to the weinberg to watch film fest i'm like all right this is fun like we're in a big theater and you know, there's a lot of obviously you don't know the majority of the people in the movies you're watching. You're kind of waiting for your either your movie or your your buddy's movies. But it was still fun. And he did it once and I guess he was just content with that one time. And I was like, Oh, you I want to try it next year. You want to do it with us? He's like, Well, I'm I'll be in it, but I don't I don't want to make a movie again. I'm like, all right. But here's the cheap great thing about me. So he started I'm a face, because I'm a face is a joke he's been doing since school and my cheap ass was like well let me use your team name that way i can save 10 bucks <laughs> whatever it was so 
that's literally the only reason I've been on my face is to save the ten dollars, I guess, or, or whatever the discount was. So we're we're sorry that's, for it. It's technically one time fraud because after that it's your team, and then yeah, <laughs> it's like, you just owe them ten dollars more. <laughs> well, like I think kind of joke to it also when we were making movies in high school, he would kind of randomly say it in as many movies as he could, mm. just throw it in there, and then I think I didn't make a joke with it until maybe the sixth Dick Dangerous movie. I finally threw one in. But yeah, like, he had it spelled a little differently. I shortened it up. So it's just A-H instead of like A-H-H-H-H-H or whatever oh, yeah. he had. So I did. Oh, I did face it. instead of, ah, my face. Yeah. It was like, especially, ah, my face. <laughs> like you take something to the face real quick. This is like your yeah. first reaction if you don't scream. Um, 2008, I did a vampire movie. Okay. I don't remember what the first idea we had was. I think we were trying to use a house that wasn't ours and we couldn't get approval for it or, or something happened. So then like whatever idea we had just kind of fell apart. And that was like my backup plan. I was like, oh, I got this vampire story. Oh. So I did that. And then in 2009, I did Jeff, which was another live action movie. And then I didn't do one in 2010. What was, I think what was I, Jeff? I, I, I haven't heard of these ones. So what was Jeff about? So Jeff was... My friend James kind of looking like he looked a lot like Jason Statham, the way he buzzed his hair. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh, you should just do like a Jason Statham impression. It was just a guy having a bad day at the office. Like he didn't have like a, you know, a real cubicle. He was like in a very narrow corridor mm-hmm. crammed in there. Like, cause he's kind of a big guy. He's like over 200 pounds. So he's not little in this little corridor. Everybody he interacted with just kind of either took advantage of him or treated him like crap. And then by the end of it, he just kind of, walks through like a doorway which like was a portal to the beach okay so it, was, it was just kind of like a goofy little movie and it ends probably more artsy than it was supposed to yeah i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> so i mean those are the only two live action movies i did and then yeah like i said the year before that was the vampire movie and that was okay like a lot of them could obviously be better i think that's everybody's perspective on their own movies yeah. jeff was kind of rough to make just because there was a lot of ideas clashing and then I think the year after that, I, I didn't do it because I think I had to work that weekend. But then in 2011, mm-hmm. this kind of when I made the first Dick Dangerous, yeah. kind of just to see if I could do something like that. And it's tough to watch now because <laughs> it's so slow and it's like, it's super incomplete. I mean, it's still funny, but like a lot of people, you know, reacted to it really well. And I was like, oh, I should maybe just try another one. And even though like this was like the trend of me not following film fest rules ever <laughs> just to make whatever i wanted but it's a it it's, a, it's an impressive amount of work i mean like uh, just knowing what you're going through for that weekend and just no sleep and draw 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 and then yeah uh, even the computer animation like the little pieces that you put in there is just enough to you know liven it up a little bit more and the sound effects and like all that stuff is, is stuff that helps the overall story it works really well yeah i mean a lot of it's like cheating you're just drawing a picture once and then you have it move across the screen right and then it sort of like creates the illusion that like i mean obviously it's not real animation but it's it gives you like an extra 10 seconds of dialogue that you don't have to draw something new yeah i feel like at this point you could just reuse footage from past movies and just <laughs> just have the same shot of take danger because you've drawn them you know 500 times at this point in time you've got enough angles on them you could just focus all the time on the enemy whoever that is new each episode that's like the fun part is when I do draw something like my, cause I, I look at my art, like, Oh, I could always have done that better. And damn it. Like I wish I had more time to make that shot prettier or something. But 
once in a while I'll draw something where I'm like, oh, I'm surprised I did that, like, in one shot. Like, yeah. Because you might draw something one night and then come back to tinker with it again on Sunday or something mm-hmm. and look at it very differently. So once in a while, I'll hit something right the first try, and then I'm like, all right, I don't want to keep looking at it because I'm going to find something wrong with it. I'd rather find something wrong with it after I turn the movie in. We would get so much of that for just in the edit, you know? The saying is you write something three times, like you write it in the writer's room, you write it on set, and then you write it in the edit. And yeah. so there were so many times that we had something written initially that we couldn't shoot quite the same way or had to had to abandon or got to the edit room and it didn't quite work. So we sort of had to make something else work to go around it. Um, you know, it's just it's an interesting challenge. And it is like over the course of the weekend, it's amazing how you'll go from an idea that you love to something that you sort of loathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why did i do this what's been your favorite i guess it doesn't have to be 72 specifically it could be your 48 hour stuff but like what have you made for crowded elevator that either exceeded your expectations once you finished the edit or you just overall like the story and the pace everything you kind of were able to cram in there so i think the one i love the most there's two uh, one of them was one that we, we did for a sketch channel um that we, we ran in dc for a while called ugly hollywood because in hollywood they call dc hollywood for ugly people um mm-hmm. so we were ugly hollywood and uh and it was yeah. it was fun we made a handful of sketches but there was one that we made called heist um that did really well like uh, we submitted it for hbo project Greenlight and like made it through like the first round with it and then like one like a separate award from him for it uh the funny thing is we shot it twice and the first time it was so bad but like it was so funny every time we did a table read of it leading up to that that we were just like no i can't leave this like abomination to be what the sketch ended up being so <laughs> we did some like recasting rearranged some people uh, actually brought in jamal who wrote it uh to play one of the lead parts for it and it turned out amazing like and it's just something we shot in my basement in like two and a half hours like yeah. it really wasn't a wasn't a long thing, um, but it yeah it turned out awesome. And I still go back to it now. And there's still some things that I'm like, oh, I could have fixed that, or I could have you know. But I was running camera and directing, and you know there wasn't much lighting, but having to work with the light that was in there, you know, and it's just a lot of work. If I would have had a production crew, it would have been even better. But <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, and then the the other one is from seventy two fest. We did the party, the Dungeons and Dragons one. Um, oh yeah, yeah. a couple years back um where i did actually have my friend uh marie come in and do uh cinematography for us and it was great because i was just able to focus on just story and just characters and so we just have a a group of people sitting around a table but we're just playing so many comedy games with them uh and i literally have one guy at at the end of the table that doesn't talk the, the entire time and so all we did was we just put the camera on him and then had him do like a bunch of different faces and we're just all sitting around the room like all right now look skeptical right now nod now nod to this person now look at this person like they just like shot your mother like it just basically gave him a bunch of random directions and just got facial expressions so i had something to cut in for like an extra joke throughout the entire thing just out of nowhere i could put any kind of impression that i wanted to on any line uh he talked at the very end right like when they all i think it was like they walked outside he's finally said something does that mean spanker and the ranger can talk now (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. We did this because uh, it, was, it was Matthew and it's Matthew's house that we were filming uh, all that stuff in. But he was not like a seasoned actor by any means, but he, he was like really interested. And we were like, we should just have Matthew in it. Like, we'll just create a character that doesn't talk and just give that to Matthew. And, and it was great. Uh, and the, the button line to give him that one. It was wonderful. You, you got, I think, the biggest laugh out of the thing just with that in line. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that one 
that one flows really well. I, I feel like there are still clips that I could have put in it. You know, that we had mm-hmm. more than what was in there uh, that still worked. In fact, I, I had to do a, a whole separate cut uh, that was longer because I feel like that was capable of going for another probably two minutes, I think, uh, and would have been sustainable. But I do like that there is a time limit for 72 and for 48 just because it does force you to kind of kill your babies and make it actually just fit. Although, do you completely ignore all rules, time limits, and everything at this point? You're just putting your story up? No, I still... There's a small shred of me that still wants to, like, do right and not just, (laughs) like, turn in later. It's a very small shred. (laughs) Like, sometimes we... Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes we get lucky with our criteria, and I get something that actually can kind of work toward, like, maybe the idea I got brewing or whatever. Yeah. And then... I feel awful. So, like, it was a Dick Dangerous 2. I think it was the Script Fest one. Yeah. Where, like, you know, someone wrote the script and they picked the 40, 50 best, whatever there was. And then we made the movie of it. I feel terrible because the script I got, it wasn't a bad script. It just wasn't for me. So then that's the first time I went, like, you know, I don't even care about winning. I just want to have fun and, you know, have a good time and show in the theater. So, I just made whatever. I do feel terrible that whoever's script I got, they were probably looking forward to that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it just it never happened. So I'm sorry. Everybody bemoans the script fest year and I can't hate on it because it's the only year we won. <laughs> the festival <laughs> was for the script fest. So the one that we didn't write, it's the one that won. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, I, I had fun with that one because I do feel like that was more of a, like actual production style, like you're not the one that wrote it. You're getting something from a writer and you're having yeah. to like make it work. And so I thought that was a, a fun challenge, but I admit, I think we we're fourth or fifth to pick that year. Uh, Cause they did it. Uh, I think by registration date, whoever registered first and we were so like quick to the trigger to register. I think we got like fifth pick, but uh, so we yeah. got our, our first choice of which one. And I purposely chose the one that was like, the least number of characters, the least number of locations. <laughs> like I was like, Let, let's, let's make sure that we kind of set ourselves up for, for a successful shoot. Cause there were some on there that were like, you need a school bus full of children. I'm like, where the hell am I going to get a school bus full of children? <laughs> Not going to do that script at all. Uh, and in, especially in 72 hours, you know, I think mine had someone in the hospital, maybe I think they were dying in the hospital. I don't completely remember something along those lines. So I thought the best way to interpret that was, fighting nazi dinosaurs obviously <laughs> i think that was the other thing about the first year that we did it that tickled me so much about dictatorious was that we're watching all these films and that was the year that they did the the photo at the beginning and the photo at the end yeah um and they had to they lined up with the next film or the film before you so there was kind of a somewhat of a loose like throughput story and it wasn't wasn't a story it was just like throughput uh things fit in the specific order and we're watching all these ones that are back to back that they're all designed to fit. And this cartoon comes on that just completely negates all of it. And it is like, no, fuck your rules. <laughs> Here's a cartoon. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, if you imagine like watching like primetime TV and all of a sudden it just switches to Family Guy or something like that, you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. <laughs> CSI turns into Bob's Burgers or something. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would, I would, I'm, I'm on board for all of it. Um, so I think that was one of the things that like all of us in the theater were like, what is this? <laughs> I think with the six one, I kind of play on that a little bit where I forget who played right before me, but 
you know, I just, I typically started every movie with the narrator and a lot of them, I think one through five, the narrator just kind of starts kind of giving you all the subplot yeah, sort of leading up to it. And that was the first one where I didn't have him explain anything. He just says like, meanwhile, like, so I kind of look at that as a funny way of like, this was happening at the same time as all the crowded elevator movies and stuff. Like, you know, the two hours before <laughs> that played, that was like my little kind of poking fun at like, all right, well, this is happening somewhere else. Cause obviously this is really different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my favorite you made for 72 might be call of duty. Really? Yeah. That it's, I, don't, I like the, the one where like the stakeout one where you had the little teams. Yeah. Kind of all on. Chatting. That was kind of more fun. Whereas like Call of Duty, like I guess the whoever played the dad in the story, this is kind of like delivery is kind of what sold that. You know, that wasn't like that was a slower movie. Yeah. But I think maybe those two are my favorite. Yeah. Like my mom loved Call of Duty. So I think I told you that before. Cause like my parents would go to film festival, like, oh jeez. <laughs> All these like student <laughs> movies, and when yours came up, she was like, "I really like the one with the baby." I'm like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I, we've tried finding stuff that's semi-relatable, even though at the time none of us had had you know kids or or anything like that. But <laughs> yeah, it was it's it's trying to find some sort of anchor in a story that that's like, oh, everyone's going to go through this or know somebody that's going through this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that makes it relatable to some degree versus, yeah, I guess Dungeons and Dragons, as much as I love that one, not necessarily relatable for, for everybody out there, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we wrote that one, like with the intent, uh, cause we, we roped in, um, the guy that's on the iPad is Brianna's brother-in-law who actually plays actually now most of the people that were in that play Dungeons and Dragons, like they've all gotten into it since then. I think I'm the only <laughs> one that doesn't, but, uh, her brother-in-law told us a bunch of stories and we just took like all these stories and like compiled them into one about these ridiculous things that he's heard other people doing in other games. So we were trying to make it like, so that it would be fun for people that hadn't, that hadn't done it. It would be funny. But if you, if you'd played Dungeons and Dragons, it's apparently like hysterical. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's trying to find something that's relatable to some degree. Uh, I think yeah. that helps it out. But um, so wait, so Joe did, he was noticeable grain. Is that their team? Uh, well, a little bit. So, my friend George, George went to school with my brother. Mm. So kind of by default, you end up with friends of your brother's friends. So he's been my friend since like the mid nineties. And that, that was why Jeff was hard to make. I wasn't really trying to make Jeff specifically. It was George and my friend James, and they just had some ideas that were just clashing and mm. I would throw in stuff and it was just kind of rough to make. And that's why I kind of stepped away to let them sort of do their thing. So I figured, well, it was just, George and James, maybe they have less to worry about or or their ideas won't be challenged mm-hmm. as much if it's just the two of them. So George made Noticeable Grain, I think, in 2010, the year I didn't okay. do it. And then in 2011, I brought back I'm a Face for Dick Dangerous. But George also made a movie. But it's funny because I'll still put them in my movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like you'll get Noticeable Grain making a movie and then, you know, I'm a Face will have a movie. And a lot of the same actors are in both the movies just because mine's easy i can just record voices you know like you said like you have to go to location and film stuff or oh god how are we gonna film a bus full of kids like you have the harder part i can just kind (laughs) of doodle mine if i got to 
even put that much effort into it. So there was the one year though, noticeable green did the one that's like the long camera push down the hallway of the guy looking out the window and then the camera pushes the guy out the window and that's the well, entire that was, film. That was the the first Dick Dangerous with the photo to the photo. Yeah. Because their movie ended with him like he landed in the garden, you know, <laughs> not dead, I guess. <laughs> so the movie kicks I even told them like like just film something to start my movie and then, you know, Maybe he changes the channel. So he literally just picks a remote up and changes it to the cartoon. So that was our kind of cheap way to like go from one very different movie to a cartoon or whatever. It was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think, because the movie was like, it was, I don't even know if it was 30 seconds long. It was short. Like, because a lot of people, they're like, oh, if I'm going to spend money to be in a contest, I'm going to use up every minute I can. You know, oh, I got seven minutes. Wait, I'm going to make it seven minutes long. With them, I don't remember what the time limit was <laughs> for that year, but they were just like, I think whatever they were trying to do wasn't working. And then one of them randomly was like, what if we, what if we just did it this way? And then it just kind of stops. <laughs> That's the movie. And the people yeah. are like laughing at because of how short it is. <laughs> and like, like, really? That was the movie? It was perfect. <laughs> yeah. So it worked for them. And they kind of, it's funny because they got more serious, like the more each year after year that they were making movies, like they kind of were, be pseudo serious and then have a big kind of punchline joke at the end. Chowder house of love. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> I felt bad though. Crazy. They had, um, I think it's called like the holdup. The white, the white box. The is that the yeah, one you're talking the about? Box, like right here. That is, I, I shit you not. That is my favorite 72 fest film of, of anyone that I've seen. And I felt so bad that it was, that it, <laughs> that it was because of like that white box and it's not because of the white box. I love it because it's, it's just, it's really well done. It's a great story. It's a simple location. Everything looks really nice in it. It's just yeah. that stupid fucking white box. And, and that, <laughs> that just ruins, ruins the mass appeal of it. That said, I think that fits perfectly with like the 72 fests, like <laughs> or no matter how, how perfect you try to make something some shit always goes wrong <laughs> yeah exactly but i mean i i watched it and just i loved the story and i loved the performances and it was it was so well done but yeah it, that stupid white box and then i i also love that they put the thing at the beginning where, where they're all standing around the editor like like chewing him out like what is that i don't know like, yeah with him in charge nothing could go wrong and then at the end of it just like <laughs> staring him down oh that's how I felt with, with heist. Like the first time I edited it, I was like, what the fuck did I do? Why did I do this so badly? <laughs> well, when I was putting um, Dick Dangerous and space together, yeah. so I had, I had screwed up and when I had done my settings, I think I had like the bit rate too high or something without kind of realizing it. So all this audio, I still technically had the recorded audio, but my video editor at the time couldn't really process it properly so it would be in the rough vetted but then when i would go to render it it would just be dead like it would have like all the audio that was like a lower bit rate and then like the stuff mm -hmm. i recorded at the bit rate that was too high i was just like it didn't even play through so i lost my shit like if you <laughs> if you ever see me have a mental breakdown i just you know i got up i was like hulk punching my chair as hard as i could i threw it i fell over i started like kind of crying <laughs> so it's like this was like the Sunday it was technically due. <laughs> when I, by the time I realized this, because I was like, oh, let me test render it and see how I was looking. And then that's what I'm like. I didn't know how to fix it. I mean, eventually, like, I had to go through a longer process of like formatting and something 
usable, like an MP3 or whatever I could get out of it. Yeah. But it, it took me so long to realize the problem. <laughs> I was just like destroyed everything in my room because I was having a mental breakdown. And then that was the first year that Clark was like, well, just turn it in by this day. You know, <laughs> I just need it by this time and throw it into the timeline to render it. I'm like, oh. Little okay. did he know the monster he was going to create. This year, every year, they're probably just like, this motherfucker, just. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've earned at this point, I think, your like, show spot within 72 Fest, where they're just like, and now something completely different. <laughs> Here's <laughs> the new film from Amaface. <laughs> uh, Wait until the end. <laughs> It'll be worth it. Uh, I had a little bit of a breakdown this year for a minute and had to kind of be talked off the ledge this, this past year because I had, um, so we had the whole thing where she's having the conversation on the phone. Yeah. And so I shot it going, Oh, I've got a, a motion track software that I can just track the phone. And I didn't put anything to reference the phone screen, like where it was in the movement and my motion track thing just would not track it. Um, yeah. And so I, it took me, I had, I think I've spent like, almost 200 bucks on different motion track things trying to get something that would that would actually track the the face and then wound up more or less using one of those but keyframing manually like frame after frame to make sure it matches up to the phone screen moving around um yeah. so it, but it was so incredibly frustrating i think i spent probably three hours of my editing day just getting stupid fucking face on, <laughs> on the screen of the phone so that, that sequence worked for the for the film yeah. But oh, it was yeah. That during that time, like I, I almost was like, well, we're not getting turned in on time this year. And then my friend Chris, who was back in DC, like gets on the phone. He's like, all right, all right, let's let's just work through this. Like, <laughs> try this software. Does that work? Okay, that doesn't work. Let's try this. One. Like, and just putting me through the ringer and yeah. get to getting it finished. So, still got it turned in on time. But yeah, it was similar meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> well, like in last year, that was the first year in a long time I didn't turn anything. Well, no, I guess this last year was the first time I, I've never turned something in that I started. Because yeah. um, even like all the Dick Dangerous movies being late, they, I still turned something in to show at the theater. But this one, it wasn't Dick Dangerous. It was something in the same universe. Like it was more of like a practice movie for something I wanted to try and do with Dick Dangerous 10. Mm-hmm. But it still wasn't done enough that, you know, even when they were shown the stream of all the movies, I'm like, God, it's just kind of like, it doesn't click. It would look kind of too incomplete. Like, I got to get away with some stuff being incomplete. Like, The Dangerous 1, 2, and 3 have a lot of incomplete stuff, but it doesn't derail the movie too much. Like, this yeah. thing was, I had some good stuff I put together, but it wasn't like, and then I was looking at it going like, oh, well, if I cut out, Maybe I can make this like a 10 second movie. <laughs> just so I have something to, to drop in there. And I'm like, ah, oh, but then it makes no sense. <laughs> I'm just losing my shit again. <laughs> like not the same way I did with the space movie, but yeah. And I was yeah. like, well. So then we we put something else in there that was probably better <laughs> in its own yeah. funny sort of way, but it was at least I guess I did technically turn a movie and it just wasn't what it was supposed to be. So right. do you know do you know what you're doing for 10 now? Is that uh is that pretty well set for this year? Well, I know what I'm going to do. It's the time to do it. Like this past week is the first time in a year that I haven't been living at work pretty much. Like, I mean, I wasn't living at work, but I was doing some mad time in at work, obviously, when COVID just took yeah. off. And then 
we got busy and so I didn't work on anything. Like I was surprised I was attempting the movie in October. So kind of the goal for 10 was like, well, you know, even Clark was like, well, if you want to make something really special, you know, you don't ever <laughs> turn your movie in on time anyway. Why don't you just make something and make it more of an event? But I haven't really had time to work on it. So, I mean, I'm trying to put it together so that it'll be as special as I want it to be by October. It's, I don't know. Like, I know what I want to do and I'm, I know what to not put in it. So I don't get in over my head as far as like the amount of effort I got to put in like one, one shot and stuff like that. Like I'm trying to, right. I don't want it to just look completely like the others. I want it to be, you know, a big event. I guess it's, it's Avengers Endgame sort of movie, but is it going to be in color? That's the, <laughs> that's what, that's where the, that's why I didn't finish the other movie because <laughs> the one in October, <laughs> Cause I was like, right, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try some stuff. I've kind of practiced a little and see how well I can do it. And, you know, I'm playing with like Adobe. Well, it's not flash anymore. It's like Adobe animate and realizing I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so then, yeah. you know, like, then you're YouTubing. Like, how do other people do this? And they don't use this program. And I've already been using after effects since like 2002 ish. Yeah. And a lot of, I think even like the guys that make how it should have ended they're just using like after effects and Photoshop for the most part. Like they're not going yeah. into anything else. So part of me was kind of laughing. I'm like, Oh, they're just using what I use. And it, you know, I don't want to just make it super cheaply where it's just like limbs kind of rotating and stuff like that. Like I wanted to kind of be more of a real cartoon, which is yeah. obviously means more time frame by frame. But I mean, stuff. you can do the, you can do the Archer style where, you know, it's very limited. It's just like head movement and then yeah. mouth and eyes. Like it, it really doesn't need to be, Super, but granted, I I say that as if that's still easy, and that's <laughs> a seventy-two hour time frame. It is I definitely think, not. I think with a show like Archer, or if you ever watched like Metalocalypse when I was an adult, yeah, time, they had good chunks of the show that were just the wide and close-ups of just people standing there, and all they would do is maybe animate the mouth and the jaw a little bit, yeah, but they didn't they didn't move too much, and then there would be parts in the episode where they did go balls to the wall and show some kind of sophisticated stuff so I, I think a lot of that is kind of like how i look at like all right, i got six minutes of a movie but i don't want to make it too short but i don't want to make it longer than it needs to be so you're kind of looking at ways to fill it which like for me would be all right here's my master shot of adolphosaurus rex yeah and i might use that four times <laughs> in the same movie just for him to say something and then i'll get to a different shot where like then i do have to do something a little you know more creative or artsy yeah like I, I don't know my my favorite one to rewatch is the eighth one and that's where it had like the temple that was going to grant immortality and then dragon man turns into a dragon just me animating dragon man into a dragon was like it was not easy but i'm like when i look back and i'm like wow i did that like that's like i didn't know <laughs> what i was doing and i figured it out kind of thing yeah so I have like little moments like that with every movie where I have like maybe one or two specific parts where like, I'm really, I mean, I, I like them all, but then I'll, I'll have like my master shot here or there. I'm like, all right, this is, this is a good moment for me. Just, yeah. It, like I make myself do a nerdy giggle with my own movie, which is like, <laughs> I don't get too often. So I, I, every movie gives me some moment like that. Do you enjoy it? Like in the theater, like just listening to the audience respond to yeah, stuff. I'll pirate my own movie. I'll, I'll whip my phone out. I do the same thing. Yes. 
Brie gets on my case about it, like, because <laughs> she's like, are you going to do it again this year? I was like, definitely. Part of it was early on just learning how to play that audience. It's almost like stand up. Like you kind of have to learn how certain people react or certain towns react or, you know, and Frederick's got a definite style difference than stuff that hits in DC. Yeah. Uh, and so I, it was, it was great to go back and listen and hear sometimes the things that, that I didn't even mean to get a joke, to get like a laugh that got like a big laugh out of the room and just going, okay, how do I recreate that next year? Like, how do I find that kind of moment? You yeah. know, what are the things that are going to work for that audience? Well, I think that's what happened with the eighth movie. Like it was kind of my punchline for the movie. I don't remember what I expected to be the big laugh in the movie, but like the whole punchline at the end of the movie or the gimmick to the movie was, oh, you got to line up all eight planets to get immortality. And then at the end of the movie, when it happens, the temple's like, no, there's nine planets. And then Adolphosaurus Rex is like, what? No, that's the scientist said it, Pluto's not it's a planet. planet. And he's just like, fuck what they say. Like it's nine planets. And that got such a big laugh. I wasn't prepared for that. Like I was like, that really? Like, what about this joke? Like, I don't I don't know what I thought was supposed to be the big zinger. But then that like got this like quick ovation. I'm like, really? All right. Like, <laughs> there's like, people out fun. there fighting like, for Pluto. They're really like, pushing right, for Pluto. Like, yeah. <laughs> you gotta tap into the Pluto uh, fan base more often. <laughs> well, you know, like every movie number kind of I think the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. I try to have the number actually matter in the movie in some way. Yeah. So like with, um, yeah, the sixth one, it was like revenge of the sixth where it was like yeah. the sixth movie, but then there was six bad guys in the movie specifically. And then the seventh movie was, they went to the seventh dimension and the eighth movie was power of the eight where there was eight planets. And then yeah, in a funny way, I could have probably used number nine as another planet joke, but I think that I just shoehorned in some, like bullshit some bullshit reason that like i guess like his sword and other weapons that you've kind of seen here or there like had this big backstory see i got i got ideas just yeah not doing (laughs) you just (laughs) you just don't make stuff the rest of the year yeah well Uh, i think i think it was in the fifth one where um it was mega dolphosaurus rex yeah i kind of like that one because stick dangerous doesn't even pop into it till almost the end of the movie Mm-hmm. Like at least midway, he kind of jumps in to like save the champions of the galaxy, and when they shrink back to normal, and he and Rex gets shot off like into distance, like you, that's <laughs> the line that like kills me. Where you're like, yes, yeah, it looks like Adolphosaurus Rex will have to wait a whole nother year. Which <laughs> <laughs> like if you're just watching him in order, you're like, I don't get it. But if you're like watching him, film it's like, oh, because we gotta wait another year to see this. <laughs> movie again so next dumb uh, cartoon film <laughs> that is great that like you've made people wait years between your films like your hollywood production <laughs> you're the only cartoon show that you have to wait a year in between each episode <laughs> it may not even be that rewarding <laughs> um are there other animated pieces that have been in 72 that have like impressed you or or that you've been like drawn to like I'm always I'm always happy when other people do animation or, or like the guys that done like claymation. Yeah. Cause yeah, you, know, you know, I mean everybody making a movie knows how hard it is to make a movie. Anybody making some kind of animation or stop motion probably knows that that's equally or more tedious than just filming. I mean, no, I'll say it. it's more tedious than filming people. Yeah. Even if like maybe it's easier than dealing with ideas and opinions. And it's just like if you're by yourself 
draw on one thing, then the only person you clash with is yourself. But yeah, you're sleeping less, you're doing more frame by frame stuff. So like anybody that's been able to do cartoon or animation, like I'm proud of them for yeah. attempting it, you know, cause they're all turning it on time. Like as far as I can tell, or they didn't turn it at all. Like I turned mine in late just so I have something to show as fun as it can be. And then some of these guys crank something out in three days, whether or not they win, it's whatever, but they at least tried their best and made something watchable. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always proud of them. Um, I can't remember the team name they made. It was like two or three years ago. They did the one where the guy was like walking through the woods. And I know, I remember they won some stuff. So I was like, that made me happy. I'm like, all right, a cartoon finally got some notoriety. Yeah. You know, or whatever judge or judges thought it was, you know, special. So that, that made me happy. I'm kind of mentally like not expecting to ever win anything just because I know to do Big Dangerous the way I do it. I can't do it in three days. But mm. the people that do manage to turn out something in time, I'm, I'm always proud of them. Yeah. Yeah. This past year, there was the one that was like the Space Western um, where uh, I think. I want to say it was in their credits or in some other clip that they posted, like they showed the amount of work that it went into just like drawing the backgrounds. Cause it was yeah. like, I was like, Oh, maybe they just found a, a snippet of something online that was like open. No, they drew everything from scratch. And so it's like mixed media uh, for it. It was super impressive for the amount That's of like effort. My favorite thing to do is backgrounds. Like I want to be better at it, but I also know like, like it's just, everything takes time like yeah. and I'm, i'll admit there's lazy parts in my movies just like i was telling you to get through a couple lines of dialogue or i'm trying to get to my master shots here and there yeah like the space movie the whole stuff in space i'm like super proud of as far as like like the cannons are shooting at the spaceship and stuff like that and then it cuts to like black and white drawing not even shaded in any way <laughs> just like, <laughs> God, like i at least like filled that part in a little better so it's definitely a challenge, but like I said, everybody making a movie. I'm not saying like, oh, animation is the hardest thing you can make. Like, like I said, we we have it easy where we don't have to go to too many places. We can kind of do it all in one right. building. Whereas you guys literally got to travel around, you know, find a good spot. Whether or not you got to get permission to even film there, yeah, like all that extra stuff. Because that that derailed one of my movies. I guess two of my movies, just where we could go to film. So I don't miss that part. <laughs> Filming people in person is traveling, and then actually being able to shoot at a location. Yeah. I will admit there's been a couple times we may have uh, <clears throat> potentially signed a, a uh, location release ourselves for things that we <laughs> shot. <laughs> We're like, well, this person lives in this building, so we could shoot anywhere in this building <laughs> <laughs> and just have them sign off on it. Um, I, I, I don't endorse these, uh, these activities, uh, uh talk to 72 fest rules committee for <laughs> way the law. Yeah. Way the law. Don't, don't get yourself arrested. Um, <laughs> but are, so there, are there, uh, teams that you look forward to, uh, to seeing their, their stuff each year? So I always look forward to noticeable grain for sure. Cause all my Thanks. buddies are in that. Yeah. Um, you definitely, I think I was telling you before, like any, I don't like being in movies too much like i'll do my voiceover stuff but like i don't like looking at myself in movies and i think either you said something similar to me or you just don't really think about putting yourself in a movie so i love it when you actually do sneak yourself in a movie <laughs> just maybe you're short an actor or something so it has to be you but like so like that's like the second part i look to in your movies I'm like all right is tony gonna have his like m night Shyamalan 
like self cameo in there somewhere. <laughs> That's why you like eyes on. Cause I'm in, in that one. I can't remember if I'm in call of duty or not. Um, I don't think unless you're in which the is, video which game. is called parental advisory, but everybody calls it call of duty. That's it. <laughs> okay. And you're not alone with that. that. Cause it's the title of the game. So it's like, it's the thing that gets the biggest banner, like part of the, of the episode. But yeah, I can't remember if I'm in that one or not. I don't think I am, but I might've snuck into that one too. Yeah. I, I like putting myself in backgrounds of shots. Like I, I don't want to line because then I'm going to critique my own performance and I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Like, it's a visual gag, if anything, for me, as much as possible. <laughs> but uh, what else? So, uh, so noticeable grain, ours. Any other teams that you're looking forward to? So, one team that I always root for that I noticed got a lot better as far as style is um, mm-hmm. film lovables. Yeah, because they're um, I don't remember what it was. There's just some movies they would put out, and you can tell like, I mean, everybody tries their best, but you can tell like they would fill it full of so much stuff, and then. They made a joke out of never winning. I know like a year or two, they made, they made like their own little self-deprecating jokes in like a movie or two yeah. where they're just like, oh, like winner of like, we're never going to win nothing. I don't know what it was, but like they finally like either won something or they, or they made it to the next round. I don't remember what it was. So <laughs> part of me was just like, bravo. <laughs> yeah. Well, this but year yeah. they had the, they had the one that was like probably the most emotional that I've gotten watching a movie out of, out of 72 fast. Yeah. Um, the, the one, um, Oh, it was the, it was like a, a visual like picture reel about one of their, I don't know if she's one of the performers, director, but uh, about just kind of her life and just the impact that like 2020 had on her. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was really well done. So yeah, no, I appreciated that one. Um, I'm looking forward to almost every year. Uh, Unimental. Those guys are yeah. always fun. Definitely uh noticeable grain when they do submit um i don't think they've done they haven't done one for the last couple years have they they definitely didn't do one last year i can't remember the year before i don't remember yeah um yeah i I don't i mean i I barely remember last year (laughs) yeah i mean it was it was was a it was a long screening last year for all the online ones (laughs) and then uh stepdad has, has gotten their own kind of kitschy feel to it that i kind of love uh which is wonderful and um yeah oh there's another one was that names. <laughs> laser star is always amazing yeah they I haven't made anything in a while right or did they change their name i don't even remember uh i think it's all based on billy the the director it's when he decides to do stuff and he's doesn't always so i think so, that's okay. the limitation I, I don't think they did one this past year i can't remember if they did one the year before um but their stuff like cinematography wise uh steven grantsell was their cinematographer for the one that they won a couple years ago and it's just the dude's stupid talented like and he's he's a fun guy to hang out with because he's very sarcastic uh yeah but yeah he, he's just ridiculously good at you know making a any shot look amazingly attractive there are films that i will go see each year in this where i'll, I'll watch and like damn i gotta do that better <laughs> It just forces me to up my own game. Like, oh, their audio is really good. I should go buy a microphone and try to make something. My brother would do that. Like, if we were in the theater, you know, it's like my movie will go on last, but then a different cartoon would come on or something. It would just be like, hey, they did a cartoon. It's probably going to be better than yours. It's like, (laughs) all right, come on, settle down. He's like, no, look at it. It's in color. And it's like, all right, look, stop it. (laughs) You're making me feel like shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I, I feel that a lot of times that, you know, the year that I feel like I've got, oh, I got this, the, the visuals are down. Like this looks really good. Like this, this would easily top what we did last year and then come and watch. And there's, you know, some special effects or something like that, that another team didn't like, no, like, uh, or people that like, they somehow find the way to make the, I hate to put it this way, but like unacceptable, acceptable. So like it's it's almost the, the the Blair Witch Project end of things. Like the the video in Blair Witch Project is awful, but because it fits with the story of they were shooting with like shooting with handy cams on their own out in the woods, like it's totally acceptable. Like they find yeah. ways of making things. You know they'll shoot the mockumentary style or something like that. All right, now you've got free reign to be able to do some camera stuff that you wouldn't be able to do in a normal film. Uh, you can get away with stuff like that. I yeah. feel like Pecos Bill has done some of that. Like they've, they've, they've done somewhere. It's been like, they get away with things that I'm like, Oh, <laughs> they made that work. <laughs> it's so fucking funny, <laughs> but everybody's film. I always feel like is better than your own. Like as, as much as you'll enjoy the thing that you made and be proud of it and happy for it. You'll just watch somebody else's and go, Oh, that one won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I'm usually wrong. I'm, I'm every, almost every year where I'm like, Oh, that one's going to win. And it's like, no, I, I don't have the same taste as the judges apparently for this. <laughs> Usually ones that even if they don't win the, the top, you know, best of the fest or whatever, but you you can still tell when something's special and then it will at least win something like, right. even if it's editing or, or music or sound or whatever, acting. I, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody make something amazing and then they got nothing for it. Like, like something great will get some kind of recognition Right. Uh, At least a nomination or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I think everybody kind of collectively goes like, yeah, that was, that was some special. And then once in a while, something might go through that surprise you. And then like you watch it twice and you go, all right, I see what they were seeing. Yeah. And it's kind of going back to the, like trying to play that audience. Like how do you find what that audience is going to really enjoy, which is again, unique for Frederick, but also unique for the Weinberg even just, yeah. I've found certain things don't work in that building for whatever reason, um, either because of you know sound or, or the picture, or there are certain things that I've done in the past that just don't hit. Yeah. Um, which is annoying. <laughs> well, that was always but, my first movie was love at first bite. And then Jeff was here after that. They have moments where like the crowd will laugh, but like, I don't know, like same thing. Like you, if you watch something a million times on the computer, then you're like, is this even funny anymore? And then, then you're trying to like see how people react to it and never seen it. And some stuff hits and some stuff misses, obviously. And those two are just kind of like, they have fun stuff in them for me, but as a whole, like that's, I think probably why I keep working on Dick dangerous movies is that that's like kind of the best reaction I get out of people for the whole duration of the movie is just stuff in the cartoon. Cause they are silly. It was never meant to be taken seriously. It was probably never meant to be done more than once. Right. And then just out of a joke, it was like, oh, like, you should make that again. Like, people seem to like it. Like, yeah, maybe. And then then I don't even know if people even want to see them anymore. Like, sometimes you're like, man, is this like too much now? Like, I've obviously like ran with this a long time. And because I'm only doing it once a year, that's why part of me is like, well, maybe they don't get sick of it. If, it'd be different if they saw it every month or maybe or something. Then they're like, I right, can settle down. But like, because it's just stretching out for a decade, <laughs> it's like, that's why I'm like, well, maybe they will still appreciate it once a year. I don't know. Like maybe I'm giving this away as an idea because anybody that listens to this would hear it. But uh, I think it would be hysterical if you started one one year where it was looking like it was going to be like a live action film, and then just like had a character just go, "No, wait, wasn't I doing something else?" And like look in the camera, 
and then <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> I think that would be kind of like a wonderful way to to get into it. Just completely throw people for a loop because you get a cheer in the audience when Dick Dangerous comes on. Like there, <laughs> people are definitely waiting for it each year. Well, that was like my nerdiest, maybe my nerdiest moment. I, so it was the space movie, but that had to get shown on Saturday night because I turned it in too late to be shown on Friday. <laughs> and um, I didn't expect it. I mean, my brother and I, we still went there to watch all the movies. And he's like, he's like, what are you going to do? They show something for your movie. I'm just like, they're not like it's showing tomorrow. Like, he's like, well, you should you still have your phone out just in case something happens. Like, nothing's going to happen. They're not showing it tonight. So then after the very last movie, they play like, you know, whatever it was, seven second trailer for Dick Dangerous in space to play the next night and just got this huge chair and I was like shit (laughs) (laughs) they're just trying to put the pressure on you to finish something at a time (laughs) the only thing I do that probably hurts it um, because I don't start the videos with the song so much anymore I think the fifth movie was the last one that like after the narrator kind of gives his quick speech it starts with the song and the sixth one I try to get a little more creative I waited like a minute into the movie and then the seventh one, which like, I like it. It's a lot of people aren't as crazy about it, but my family hated that it took forever to start the song. They're just like, you waited three minutes to start your title. I'm like, I mean, it made sense with my story. They're like, screw that. People only like hearing your song. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then I think, I think the next year I really did it again. Like it was almost the same exact minutes, like, like almost three minutes before the song kicks in. I did a little better with number nine, nine, I think happens a little sooner but then i thought about that too i'm like it kind of sets the momentum for the movie if the song just kind of starts it so yeah. i mean but at the same time i like the choices i made you know because like you know like you don't want to keep repeating the same style you want to try things a little differently even if it's sort of still in the yeah. same realm of your actual movie style but you want to do a little tricks with it so i was like oh that's that's why i'll yeah. start the song a little later or i'll have more plot in the front and like, I think the ninth movie was the only time I didn't have the narrator. Oh, no, I guess in the sixth movie, he didn't really give the plot away, but that was the only other time he, he kind of said nothing for it. So, yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, like, Big Dangerous is essentially like a parody of every, like, 80s hero cartoon and pokes fun at other stuff. Like, it was originally supposed to take place in 1999, but that's kind of not a thing anymore because they use smartphones and Twitter. <laughs> so it's like, it, it drifted out of that <laughs> a little bit, but... It didn't age well. (laughs) It's always easier to tell a joke if it's based on a certain timeline, but then, yeah, like in the second one, like the whole point of like them finding out where the bad guys were doing was a Twitter joke. And I'm like, well, this clearly didn't exist in like 1999, but that got a big laugh. And I'm like, all right, so it's just its own dumb thing now where some stuff it's like old, (laughs) but like other things use smartphones. So (laughs) it just kind of expands on its own stupidity i guess yeah. um so i'm working on this uh, uh cooking show now that my friend chase does sauced with bcg if anyone wants to check it out on youtube like and subscribe um <laughs> little plug but no that we he's the one that edits everything um so I, i'm just shooting and, and producing but he goes back and edits and, and we watched a couple of the edits and like started to try and find some of the games that are unique to his to his show like, oh, you can do this thing and just do it repeatedly. So the whole gag of it is that he gets drunk while he's making whatever dish. On Tuesday, he makes a drink. On Fridays, he makes a dish inspired by that mixed drink. 
yeah. but he's drinking the drink the entire time. So he's getting drunk while he's doing it. Uh, <laughs> and so what, what we came up with and he's started to do some of it. I think the next few episodes will get better with it. Uh, he's made the edit a little more drunken as the episode goes on. <laughs> so like early on in the episode, like the eye line, whichever camera he's looking at is the one that's on. And, yeah. and uh, now later in the episode, it'll like reverse. And so he'll like look at a camera and it darts to the other one <laughs> to get a different camera angle on him. Uh, you kind of earn your own, your own gags. It's, it's that, you know, the office with the gym, like looking straight into the camera and making a face. Yeah. You can kind of find those things that you can get away with within your project that people expect and really want, even though they don't know exactly how you're going to use it the next time <laughs> around. And so like, yeah, some of those like out of time jokes, you can get the same sort of thing where it's like, oh, they, I know I like this because they're going to do some joke like that. That's going to, you know, tickle me pink. Like making fun of the Y2K bug and AOL. Yeah. This and stuff. Which I, that, that got a big laugh where it's just like they were, they were breaking into a radio shack just to steal all the free AOL discs. <laughs> Not even to use them. They just wanted to like be in control of all the internet so that people would have to buy it through them. It was like this whole dumb thing. And then like, yeah, like in the Y2K bug joke that went, I guess, across three movies. No, like four movies. But yeah, like every movie started with the Y2K bug. <laughs> yeah. Wrecked the Earth or something. And, and I feel like, how many people are going to even know what this means? Like, I mean, a lot of us are <laughs> like, you know, born in the 80s and 90s. So we kind of get it. But then anybody born after 2000 is probably like, what? <laughs> yeah. The student productions now. Like everybody was born in the 90s. That's a disturbing thought. <laughs> the students are never going to get the y2k bug joke <laughs> i mean they, they might they're if they were born in the 90s they're at least a lot of them they're not going to feel so. it the same way they're not going to know like you know <laughs> they aren't oh, gonna, yeah. they aren't going to internalize what it was like to go Shit, i don't know are, yeah <laughs> are missiles going to launch are we all going to die or is nothing going to happen <laughs> you just don't even know <laughs> Yeah, it was it was our own like independent like Cold War ish type thing. Like we just, we don't know we could die tomorrow, <laughs> but we lived through. We survived. <laughs> well, so I take it you're planning on doing the the festival this year. Is that the is that the goal for you? That's my intention. So like it's, this year, I hope is easier as far as um you know the world <laughs> being crazy or not. So I, I hope. That was, that was like, I didn't get to do anything really artistic all year. It just kind of, you know, it's almost like a throwaway year, which is like, I thought 2020 would be awesome. I'm like, yeah, it's like, that's a cool year. And, you know, I turned 35 in 2020. So I'm like, that's a solid year, solid year, all this stuff. And then like nothing happened. <laughs> like yeah. it so then, yeah, I, like I did a little bit of art here and there, but just even like working on any videos was like non-existent other than what I tried to do for Film Fest. So I, I still want to, put something together i don't know if it'll be dick dangerous 10 i hope i can get it there but i don't know i feel like we owe it to ourselves to try something that's why even last year i tried to do something a little different like well a lot of times it's the only year we can make a movie you know just because making something for fun after school is sort of like all right we have to get a lot of people to want to do it without paying them any money right and everybody's got you know families now or, or jobs that eat up a lot of time. So film fest at least kind of like gives a reason for people to really try and make a movie once a year, or, you know, or if you're asking off for work, they're like, what do you know if those days I'm like, I'm making a movie. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's going to show it in like in a theater. They're like what? Like, yeah. Or if you get your friends to 
participate like i like i need you in a movie like like what what is for him like i need you to do a voiceover in my movie like i shown in the theater They're like oh like you kind of like <laughs> people are Everybody like gets little, to be a movie star for a night <laughs> yeah like it, it, if you say it's for something that gives even for yourself more purpose to like yeah. like stop throwing excuses out and be like oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try i'm gonna, I'm gonna do something that you take off work or I know a couple of those years I couldn't take off work. So I would, I'd go to work and come home, work on Dick Dangerous, maybe sleep an hour. Maybe if I even slept at all and go to work and come back. Yeah. So yeah, it's tough because you, you should be able to give three whole days to the movie. And then sometimes life is just not so kind to you. And you have to cram it in, in like 20 yeah. something hours or something like when you're not at work. So it's. Yeah. Early on, I, I would, I would be working. Like I would have to go to work on Friday or something like that. And now, now finally in, in a role where it's like, okay, I, from like Thursday midday on, sometimes I'll even just take Thursday off to like prep equipment and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that makes it actually doable. But uh, what are you planning this year? Um, It kind of depends on what the world does to some degree. I, I mean, I can shoot stuff out here. I think my, my intent still to, to keep doing it. It's just whether or not I do it here or like last year, my original intent was going to be to go back to DC and shoot it with a lot of the same people there. Cause I'm out in Chicago now. Um, yeah. But this year it kind of depends. Um, I feel like everybody's still just kind of figuring out like, all right, is it okay to get on a plane? Like, can I go do stuff normally or, or not? Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to feel it out maybe give it until, you know, midsummer and then decide if I'm going to shoot something here. Um, but the other, I now have a guy here, uh, Zach, who's worked on two of these films with me that like, I would want to be a part of it. So if anything, I would like take him back to DC with me and like kind of, you know, merge the worlds together um, yeah. and see, see what we end up creating that way. But um, it's easier for me being in one location from a standpoint of just equipment and kind of having every resource at my disposal that like I know where I can get away with shooting or where, you know, it's not going to be crazy busy on that day during the week or, yeah, you know, there's, there's things you can rely on. So that would be the downside of going to DC. Cause I did that uh, two years ago for snake. I went back to DC, even though I was out here, um, flew back and we just shot the entire thing in Brianna's apartment uh, to keep it simple which worked out great. I thought it turned out funny. And we just got a bunch of friends of ours that were improvisers to come over and shoot various different characters for it. Um, yeah. So if we did something like that, I think it would be easy enough, but you know, I think the, the other thing too is like, do you try and make a story to fit the resources or do you just try and like pull the resources together to make the story? And I think my tendency has been more the former, like, let me, I know what I have. I know the equipment that I've got. I know the people that are available. Let's write something that we can kind of fit within that as opposed to, you know, writing the thing where I need a school bus full of children. <laughs> We're <laughs> never going to be able to get that. <laughs> or you just make whatever you want and disappoint Clark every year. <laughs> I don't think you're disappointing Clark. Uh, Clark is, for, for anyone that is listening in, Clark is listening in right now. So I'm wondering how much he's just going, you guys. <laughs> this entire thing. <laughs> uh, I just went back. Because every year he does kind of ask me, he'll be like, so are you going to do the criteria this year? I'll be like, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, he's got to ask. <laughs> they all kind of wonder. I, I know I wonder too. I'm like, are you ever going to, because you, in my head, you could potentially do Dick Dangerous on top of the criteria, like yeah. somehow get it, but it doesn't work every year. Uh, it depends on what they actually set up for. So like the year that we did the constellations, like that's a possibility that you could have done something Dick Dangerous related within that. But yeah, I know you spend most of the year kind of prepping like the general idea. Not that you pick up the pencil and draw a damn thing leading up to it to save yourself some time during that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you wait until that weekend to draw everything. <laughs> There's that one part of me that's like, you know what, I want to compete like everybody else do it on this, just those days. And then come like Wednesday, Clark's like, where the fuck's your movie at? <laughs> it's like, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Intent means something. <laughs> Like it was quietly poke at you on Twitter. Like, oh, we have every movie in except one. <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> but you you you've reached the point where you have an extenuating rule set. I'm waiting for them to give you like there's gonna be the 72 fest like rules packet and then the Ama face rules <laughs> packet, <laughs> which is just a completely different set, so that you get to compete somewhat in the same like realm as everyone else even though you're not doing it in 72 hours <laughs> you did win uh, uh what was it the couple years back the or actually it was like the second year i think the wasn't there a um flying dog didn't they do something that that you won one year i can't remember no it wasn't me it was i think it was probably noticeable grain was it okay they won audience choice or something hmm. i think it was one that flying dog did like a I haven't won anything ever. <laughs> so, really? Oh. Yeah, like not not for I'm a face. So we gotta but, we gotta get you to submit something on time so you can be eligible for an award. I almost half tried that last year when I knew my cartoon wasn't coming together to be completed. I literally went through like, all right, what can I try and do quick? Even if this is like short. That always but turns I, out. I, well. I, don't think I, had the, I don't think I would have even had the criteria. So but I don't know. Like I got to a point where like I didn't really care about winning i think i tried the first and second years like especially that first year like all right this is what it was supposed to be like like the vampire video but you know i think i put something together and i we can win something maybe i don't know that we didn't win anything and i'm like ah next year next year will be better and then then i tried to make jeff with my friends and it was just falling apart and i think because i didn't have as much fun as i thought i would making the vampire video and in the jeff video Mm-hmm. and i took that year off I'll, i think that's where i kind of got to a point i was like you know i don't i don't care about winning like because i think i told you before or we were just talking about pirating our own movies yeah it's fun to watch it in this big kind of echoey theater with like however many people you know are sitting behind you in front of you whatever yeah so that kind of for me became a prize i guess like an award was just like because even in school you only ever saw your stuff on tvs or now it's like if I put something on YouTube, it's less rewarding than watching it in a theater. Yeah. So that became my prize at some point. I was like, all right, I don't need to win. I just want to have fun and show this thing in a big theater. And if people laugh, they laugh. If they don't, then you know, hopefully, and you I'd... still you still like semi dress up for the premieres. Like you'll show up in shirt and tie, and <laughs> <laughs> like you're you're excited for it. I always love seeing you in the hallway afterwards because you just got a you know ear to ear smile on your face, like. Yeah, can see the reaction for it, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's my favorite part of it too is just the screenings, like just hearing people's reaction to it, and then talking to people afterwards, and kind of, you know, the random person will come up and be like, "Oh, I thought this was hysterical. I love this thing," or you know, uh, yeah, yeah, that stuff is just 
that's that's a lot of the fun for it and so i I have missed that like last year and the year before i didn't get to go to the screening either so that's part of the reason i want to come back for it and just be there for a screening for once yeah you know i I know film fest isn't for everybody as far as at least friday night friday night's a lot for one sitting Mm -hmm. like i I watched the four-hour justice league movie (laughs) the other night in an apartment i was like hey this must be kind of like how it is (laughs) starting the first block of film fest (laughs) <laughs> with the student movies and you go all the way till like 12 30 p.m <laughs> if it ends on <laughs> my movie or whatever I'm like this is just like this is a big stretch of time for one sitting so i think it's worth experiencing at least once yeah whether you go to friday or saturday i mean obviously a lot of people might only go to see their friends or family make something but i think you do get a, some people that generally like to just experience art and witness movies whatever they are so yeah that's still probably fun for them whether or not they know what's going on you know it's one thing but there's always a handful of things that you can come in with no context and still enjoy it which i think it's happened with some of your movies for sure mm-hmm. probably never with mine probably with mine they're probably just like <laughs> all right dinosaurs and ducks <laughs> <laughs> and lemurs that sound like they're huge <laughs> uh well, <laughs> yeah um i'm looking forward to this year it's interesting doing the mixed media um that there will be i guess potentially an online and in-person component but my goal is to yeah. try and get there first on one uh because i do i do also just like seeing everybody again you know um i always try and get the picture with uh with adam from unimental because we look like twins yeah <laughs> it's like i'm the longer bearded version of him i'm, I'm him after like being a hermit for 10 years <laughs> I think the first time I ever kind of saw him, I think I had met you first, or at least, or even if I didn't meet you, I at least knew of you. And then when I saw him, I was like, Tony, is that Tony? Hold <laughs> off. Like, it's like, it looks like it's kind of him. But then, and then when you two were near each other, I was like, ah. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I had uh, my long hair, I didn't see too many dudes with long hair dudes. And now it's like, I got typical guy cut from most part so that's about the only thing you you're just blending in the crowd <laughs> yeah like you said if i wear my vest and like tie i'm like well maybe i'll stand out a little bit everyone knows you then <laughs> yeah. uh well man i definitely look forward to seeing what you put together for this year um hopefully get to be a part of it not gonna expect anything <laughs> but you don't, um, to expect you don't know what to expect and you know I wish I could give people more of it. Like it's obviously this big sure. pet project and I say that every year, maybe that's just an excuse at this point, but I think about it a lot and I want it to be something, you know, unique. And obviously like it'll never be anything special or unique without film fest, because that's right. sort of what helped it kick off. Cause like I said, I could have easily done this on YouTube and it'll just sit there for an eternity and, maybe people watch it maybe they won't but at least film fest kind of gives me like even if it's only once a year it gives me like a great way to share my crazy ideas you know yeah no matter what they are and if people laugh at it that makes me feel better or if like the hosts talk about them at the tail end you know like i mean it's easy to talk about mine at the tail end because i go on last but even if they just throw a little thing in there just like oh yeah like without you guys like we wouldn't have dick sword power like Stuff like that makes me laugh because I'm like, man, I saw my movie 10, 10 seconds ago. 
So since Clark's listening in, uh, I'll make a suggestion for the prompts for this year that there should be some sort of like a Dick Dangerous bonus. Like any team that, that somehow references a Dick Dangerous thing in their film is like bonus points or something like we did, that. We did get one of them into your movie, like in the background, like you yeah. hear it, I guess. So I, I used, uh, they're watching TV or something like that. And I, I used uh, the sound from one of the Dick Dangerous episodes. <laughs> yeah. So. I think that's what I was saying. If you had, did you, didn't you guys win something like acting for that movie? I don't remember. I thought, um, which one was that? That, that was, was the stakeout one, I think. Stakeout one. Uh, that one, I think we got ensemble performance. Yeah, I think we got the actors for that one, and they're still chasing writing. That's the one that it, like I would love to to get to see because I feel like we've written some stuff that like the party. I was like, oh, how did this not like? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say like there's been a couple that that we were like, oh, we we gotta we gotta like be up there for writing this year, and we're not even nominated. <laughs> it's like, damn it, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> I was gonna say that was the only way Dick Dangerous could win something was sneaking into your movie. <laughs> you win something, I'm like, yay, I got it. I beat the system. We'll have to work that out. We'll figure out some way that we can get a Dick Dangerous cameo. It's uh, I I like the extra little challenges when they'll toss something in. Like we we did the the costume one the one year where they were like, yeah, you get bonus points for a costume. So we just wrote something around that stupid uh, uh, Renaissance costume that we found for Sean uh, <laughs> and just took him to the Renaissance fair. Like we basically just went to a costume shop and used that as our like prompt for it. So <laughs> yeah, anything like that. Th- those are fun. They'll, they'll, they'll charge you like to, to create something unique just in trying to make one of those other bonus things work. But well, Hey man, it's been, uh, it's been good catching up. Uh, I hope to get to see you again in person this year come out for the for the actual screening and uh of course if you're ever in chicago you know look me up i'm <laughs> around and right now not doing jack so <laughs> yeah buddy i miss hanging out with you you know we've never hung out hung out but like even just like what was it like the thursday nights and then yeah premiere nights like we hang out for like a little bit yeah but definitely miss seeing you guys in person and i'm lucky that a lot of people that do voices for me can send me stuff over the internet, you know, like you're in Chicago. I got a buddy in Texas. I got a couple friends in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Even when you were in DC, you know, you would be in the middle of making your movie and you're just kind of like, Hey, uh, I got like 20 minutes tomorrow, like 11 a.m. <laughs> what do you need me to record? And then, because for me, it's tough to have someone record a voice. I'm not in the room with them. Like I can kind of right. get pointers, but like, like my buddy, George, who runs noticeable grain, he does angle chopper, like angle choppers, the pissed off little 45 yeah. degree angle with teeth. I think the first year I had him recorded, he was in the middle of his movie too. And he just sent me like a little soundbite. And, you know, he's like, you're not going to get away this time. You son of a bitch. It was like kind of low. Like, it was so funny. But like the next year I recorded him, he would kind of, he started recording in the same pitch. I was like, yeah, you got to be like more angry. He's like, more angry. I'm like, yeah, like you're like this insignificant looking thing, but you got to be like really, really pissed off. And then, He'd be like, all right, don't worry, boss. And I'd be like, nah, go bigger and matter. So to the point I got him so angry. I'm like, that's it. That's what I want. So like, I'm lucky that I can, like with you, you've obviously done movies. So you can amp yourself up without me needing to. Like, yeah. I know here or there, like, I'll be like, oh, you know, like maybe talk a little, like kind of more proud than that. But like for the most <laughs> part, you kind of know what I want before I even listen to it. You sent me Lino. You're like, I want the Lino voice. So I just, every time I go to record it, I just go watch like Lino clips on YouTube. 
like just old Thundercat stuff and try and find that voice and just bring this out as much as possible. Like, <laughs> You need to do more radio, if anything. <laughs> so I got the microphone I'm using for this to try and do voiceover stuff because I would love to do uh, commercials or especially cartoon voices. I have so much fun doing those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for, for that opportunity. I very much appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, it's it's the most amount of cartoon voiceover work I've done so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you can bring out, like I said, filming people with a camera. They then they're like, oh, I don't like the way I look today. Blah blah blah. Like if you just like all I need you to do is talk into a mic, no one will see what you look like. That's where I get more people to like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah that like, I can do. I have, I have and, then, and then I, yeah, <laughs> you get like a performance out of them that maybe they didn't even know they had in them. Because obviously, yeah. Dick Dangerous movies are just like silly as hell. So I'm not having someone like you know, try and like play anything like too serious. You have to kind of like amp yourself up. Right. You know, all right. So real quick, um, one character I knew would probably get a laugh, but I had sat on for a while was the Dick Strangler. Yeah. Which is it's funny because like every year my dad was, I think I snuck him in the second movie. It's just a name drop and like his picture, he's holding his little noose. Yeah. And then every year my dad was like, when are you going to put old Dick Strangler back in the movie? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'll get him in there at some point. So then by the sixth movie, I finally did it. And I'm like, I, I know this is going to get a, a big laugh. And then the thing, I didn't have a real solid voice for him because I think um, my friend uh, George, noticeable Grand George, was going to do it. But he already plays Angle Chopper. And I think his Dick Strangler voice was a little too much like Angle Chopper. So then I got uh, John Freeman, who's also been in noticeable Grand movies, like, I think he's pretty much been in all of them as an actor one way or another. He He's usually a cameo. And then a couple of them, he was like the main character or yeah. one of the two main characters. And he was always just like, when are you going to put me in one? I'm like, I'll get you in. Because I think he was like bothered, like you would be in a movie. And I've known him since like school. And I didn't know you as long. And he's just like, why are these people in this movie? And I've known you longer. I'm like, all right, right. So then finally I was like, all right, you're going to be the dick strangler. And then like, it was kind of like a Australian-ish voice but also a British-ish voice. Like, <laughs> everybody's accents are kind of like, they start Slightly out one drifting. way and another. Like, Adolphus Rex Rex in the first Dick Dangerous is a little bit more German. Yeah. And then they just turn into Joe Freeman's voice kind of like leaning a little bit toward a German villain, but not a whole lot. So. <laughs> it's fun to push people into like a voice they may or may not have been able to do. Just recording it like in the room by themselves. But if you like are there with them and you're just like, come on, get it this way. Like, or say it this way. Uh, but that's, that for that's, me, like I can laugh for hours just watching some of my buddies record their stuff. Like to the point that it's probably not funny to anyone else, but like, then you do that kind of like huffing and puffing kind of laugh where you can't breathe. And it's just over like nonsense that there's like, and then I have to try and draw it too. Sometimes to make sure it even is funny. <laughs> so sometimes that part of making the movie is still fun for sure. Yeah. It's when you wind down for me specifically, you know, it's past Sunday and now I'm like, all right, I still got to try and crank this out while going to work and make sure Clark doesn't murder me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's where it gets more stressful. But the beginning of it is fun as hell where I'm just recording voices. And I mean, I'll record mine last typically because sometimes I have to adjust certain dialogue for timing. Like, other people's fit. Yeah. 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 So like I'll I try and get the harder things out the way or like if I'm like, man, not just clicking, then I'll get a text from you being like, hey, uh, what do you, when do you want your lines? I'm like, Brian, I still got Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have like little moments that cheer me up and it's a lot of times it's just people talking. So 
Well, like, if you ever need to, to fill in another Dick Strangler type part, you know, <laughs> let me know. I feel like you've gotten to the point where you simplify now. You're not going for like the 40 people in one episode. <laughs> it's still fun to do that. I don't remember if we had talked about you doing another voice and then like you were, I know you gave me like a sample tape of like all the different ranges you were trying to hit. Yeah. And like the funny one was, I think it was, so you did the evil Limero, evil. Yeah. But like you did it a very, your voice is already pretty deep. And then you got this like real kind of deep tone on it. And then I think I was just playing with my audio stuff and I, I pitched it up to like, he was, it was still higher than like your normal voice would be, but it still obviously sounded off. And you were just like, who'd you get to voice the evil Libra? I'm like, that was still you. That was me. I'm like, yeah, I just, I pitched up your deep impression. Like, oh. It worked. I mean, <laughs> it fit. So I'm trying, I'm always trying to get you doing more stuff where I don't have to like mess with your voice. <laughs> because I oh, think yeah. you, can, you can definitely if, hit, I think we all can hit more range. Yeah. If we like try. Well, like, and, I can give you like, yeah, the, the now, now I'm auditioning. No, um, <laughs> I can do like other stuff, you know? And I think that with that one, it was just trying to get something that was like the same character, um, yeah. like just the evil version. So it was like a version as opposed to something completely different. Uh, Cause I sit there, I, th- I think I do like the inverted voice. Like everybody else does. Yeah, uh, Gollum voice. <laughs> oh, Mitt Roth really just doing the same thing with kind of an Atlanta accent. Um, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, like, what was one? Dr. Claw. <laughs> I did that for um, the Temple of Sarnak, which is essentially like, it was the whole, the whole joke was to make fun of the Cave of Wonder in Aladdin. Because, yeah. you know, it's like Frank Welker. That was pretty much his Dr. Claw voice that he used for that. So, I, I did that for like an hour, like, and it killed my throat by the end of it. Oh, yeah. I, was, I wasn't like getting it to the level I wanted it to. Cause you are like talking from here and like your throat's constantly scratching. Yeah. I don't even think I could do it now. I probably would die. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, like I, I was doing it in the car the other day and I was like, what would it sound like if Dr. Claw was singing? It's like, <laughs> birds suddenly appear every time <laughs> you are near. <laughs> it's just and by the end of it i'm like i can't do this anymore <laughs> my voice is gonna stick like that i think that was the first one i did because i knew it would like kill me then eventually you know my voice is pretty much my dick dangerous voice or I've, or you'd like you try and say it sort of like one-liners i suppose yeah I think, I mean, a lot of the cartoon is like people spin out one-liners, like sound bites, and you kind of mesh it all together to make it sound like real conversations or at least as real as they get at a cartoon, I guess, because they're always going to be some kind of like amped up version of like normal dialogue. But yeah, I think with my dark, dangerous voice, like I did like you, like I tried to talk deeper, but then I was like, ah, my deep voice is, because the narrator voice is just like my big bombastic version of i think at one point it was supposed to be like an optimus prime impression yeah <laughs> it really wasn't quite like that but it was still like because uh, people would come to me my friends would be like oh why don't you read this like, i don't want to read that they're like well read it in your narrator voice they're like long ago <laughs> just like they like without even changing the note i would be like yeah i'll do it like i'll talk in that voice like i'll do it at work sometimes like on the radio i'll just call for something on the radio and someone's like what 
Yeah, I uh, went in college. I was an intern at a radio station, and they had me do the midnight weather forecast. And I'd never do it as myself. I'd always create a character. I think my favorite one was <laughs> this is Chuck with your WPSK forecast. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking around with voice. That was so much fun. Uh, well, man, whatever you need this year, you let me know. Uh, I'm game for it. And uh, I know the rest of the 72 Fest audience is excited to see the return of Dick Dangerous. Something apparently, definitely- apparently Gilbert Gottfried as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we got to get more cameos. Actually, we're just going to get you cameos leading up to it just to like charge you up to, to get the thing done. <laughs> All these people have, have no idea what it is, but they're just saying it, but they'll make me believe like, yeah, they've seen it. They know they really want it. <laughs> should see if we can get Gilbert to do a voice for it. Get a cameo that, that's that actual cameo voice for production. <laughs> so I should just still... Pecos Bill's Leonard Nimoy cameo. Oh, God, yeah. that was still amazing. If yeah. I could have got Leonard Nimoy to be the Dick Strangler, life would have been complete. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, good talking to you, and uh, and I look forward to seeing what you put together. All right, buddy. We'll keep in touch. Yes, sir. And that's it for this one. We'd like to thank everyone at Amaface and Crowded Elevator for joining us this week, and come back in two weeks for Skin Hunger meets Screen Burn. If you'd like to catch up on their films before watching and listening, once again, check out the playlist on 72fest.com. Registration is open for this year, so if you'd like to join in on the fun of making a movie in a weekend, go ahead and sign up. And if you've participated in the past three years and would like to be a part of the podcast, reach out and we'll set you up with the team. And with that, I've been your voice in the sky, Marcus Ellison. And this has been Tales from the 72, signing off. (laughs) 